Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Mystical Matchmaker Podcast. I'm Marla Martinson, a crystal-loving, tarot-slinging, matchmaker, author, and energy healer. I'm here to inspire you to heal the past, live in the moment, and put some magic and fun in finding your soulmate. This is a place where we talk about all things love, light, how to make your dreams come true, and awaken to your authentic self by consciously creating your reality. Hello, and welcome to the Mystical Matchmaker Podcast. I am so excited for our topic today. All right. A lot of you have tried different modalities to try to take a peek into your future or find out something more about your personality, how you can change things. Maybe you've had your tarot cards read or uh, gone to a medium or done some dream work or had your palm read. You know, I, I, have, I remember uh, purchasing a book on palmistry once, and I thought, God, how cool would it be to read palms and how hard could it be to learn? I mean, after all, if you just learn the lines, right, then you could do read palms. But in the book, it was teaching that we not only had to learn the lines on the hands, but I'd have to analyze the shape of the hands and the fingers and the length of the fingers and how fleshy the hand was and the fingernails. And I was trying to compare the diagrams to hands. And I was so confused. I was like, I cannot figure out, is this a square hand? Is this an oblong oval? Which finger is longer? And I thought this is a lot more detailed than I thought. And, uh, you know, I remember different people grabbing my hand and, you know, telling me things. And I thought it was so cool. And I, I still uh, would love to learn it someday, but you know, how many hours in the day do we have? And that's why I have all these amazing experts on my show. This show, um, The Mystical Matchmaker, and my YouTube uh, channel. If you haven't checked that out, just go under Marla Martinson, and I call it Cosmic Conversations. I've got about 450 uh, interviews with fabulous people up there. And you guys, if you are loving this podcast, I would so appreciate it if you would. Uh, go on iTunes and leave a review or um, just, you know, click the five stars that you like it. It helps others find the show. And let me just tell you a little bit about my guest today, Myrna Lou Goldbaum. She's coming to us from Florida. She's a master palmist, an author, a soulmate specialist, and she's written a few books, uh, May I See Your Hand, Palm Reading for Fun and Profit, I should have got that book, right? Maybe I could have learned it. Soulmate Connections, Everything You Wanted to Know About, Relationships, Love, Romance, and Soulmates. And I'm fascinated about this. I've got to read this Diary of a Palm Reader because I wrote Diary of a Beverly Hills Matchmaker, and I love those kind of uh, uh, memoirs. So I am going to bring Myrna on. Hello, Myrna. Welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. It should be a great, fun show. Yes, and I just want to read, uh, before I get into talking to you about this, an excerpt from your book, May I See Your Hand. 
You say, life like a stream moves in an endless cycle of experience. The rites of passage must be endured by everyone. A palm reader can listen and advise. There are many lessons to be learned. Every line on the human hand has meaning with the numerous possibilities connected to it. A person might move in several different directions during their lifetime. The trick is to find the right combination and make the correct moves at the proper time in love, work, and play. So this is just so fascinating. How long have you been reading poems, Myrna? Since I was 10 years old. Oh, now, what, how did that not happen? Did you pick up a book or what? Well, my mother was a nurse in a hospital, and she couldn't leave. Mm-hmm. She was the charge nurse with the narcotics key, and she had to stay an extra eight hours because the other shift didn't show up. And I was noisy, and so she said, sit down here and read this book. And she just grabbed any old book off of the volunteer wagon, and it was a book on palm reading written by a Chinaman in 1895. And wow. I learned from that and book. It, uh, and at ten, you you got grasped it. You grasped it, and uh, the well, she would never have given there. that to me if she knew she knew what it right. was. But she didn't have time to look at the title or pay attention to the author. She just said, "Here's yeah. a book. Why don't you read that? And sit down." So I didn't understand one word in there, but I saw illustrations and I memorized every uh-huh. drawing that I saw. And then I looked for that book for 45 years, and I couldn't find it. So I wrote, may I see your hand, because that's what I say to everybody when I meet them anyway. So um, I wrote the book, and then about a year after it came out, I met a man in Boulder, Colorado, where we used to live near. And he said, I have a book at home that sounds just like the reading you're giving me. And I described the book, and he said, that's it. And he bought it in Maine at an antique store. And I traded him my brand-new book. It was 1996. It came out in 97 when it first was on the market. And I'm still doing book signings and teaching classes out of that book. And uh, anyway, he traded me the book that I learned from for a brand-new one of mine. And so how long did you have that book as a kid? Did it did it get lost or something? I mean, did you no, I still look have at it, it for years? Oh, no, I have it. I had to have it rebound because all the pages were falling out. It was parchment paper or something. It was just real funny. Uh But I've been doing poems all this time. I never stopped. And did you, were you reading like your classmates' poems or how did you practice? Well, I did my sister first. She was six years old. Then I did the mailman, the milkman, our neighbors, my cousins, the (laughs) teachers, anybody that I came in contact with. And then when I got married, I did married couples. We'd be at mixers or, you know, parties. I would do every single person there at one time or another. Then wherever I worked when I got older, every place I worked, I did all the people I worked with. Then one day my husband said, why don't you charge? So I said, oh, Mm -hmm. nobody pay me. I do it for free. He said, no, charge them. So I charged $5 a hand. Sometimes I could go an hour on one hand. So he said, right. $20, charge 20 Well, now I'm up to yeah. $100. Uh, and what, um, uh, okay, so then what kind of career did you have before well, you went pro? I, was, um, I worked in a lot of different things, but I ended up being a, an executive secretary, and I did that uh-huh. for 35 years. <laughs> I worked in, as an administra- in administration. 
and I worked in Santa Barbara, California for the city of Santa Barbara. I worked in a water mm-hmm. district. I worked for manufacturers reps, but it didn't matter because palmistry was my avocation back then. Then yeah. when I wrote my first book, my husband said, you ought to quit work. You don't need it. And I said, oh, I have uh-huh. to have my own money. I can't just rely on you know every, time, every dime coming in from you. So he said, well, then right. take your avocation and do it a little bit more, but just do it full time. So I went to mm-hmm. 70 hours a week. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What, a, what? How wonderful to have such a supportive husband, especially back then. Things like this yeah, were considered right. more kind of woo-woo and out there. You know? oh, right, but he understands yeah. it. Yeah. He, he doesn't understand why I love it so much, but I can't quit doing it now. I'm going to be 80. Oh, my. Oh, and you I still are? Like it. Oh, my gosh. What month is your birthday? November. I'm a Scorpio. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. That is just beautiful. So um, now do our hands, uh, do the lines on our hands change over the years or are we born with how it's Okay, a newborn baby comes in with a tiny little hand and I read my grandkids yeah. when they were one day old. <clears throat> the lines okay. say if they're going to go to college, all kinds of things are predetermined. But the baby grows up and they take dips and turns and things happen. So any experience that imprints your brain during your lifetime mm-hmm. shows up on your hand. So a divorce shows up, a marriage shows up. Um, if you buy a house, it's exciting, that's going to show up. So everything that you come in contact with makes the lines move and change and meander and start and stop. So the kind of palmistry that I do is called Oriental. It comes from China. It's not Hindu. <laughs> the one you tried to learn from is the hard one. And this one's oh. pretty simple. It's much easier, and that's. I was going to learn that other kind once, and I thought, wait a minute, I'm really good at this. I'm an expert at what I do. Why would I get mixed up and try there? So I just use right. my so your So for maybe I'll get your book then because now you don't have to go into you all of You can teach this. yourself right out of my book. That's true. Yeah, the lines. Now, I could learn lines, but when it came to all the shapes and stuff, I was getting of the hand and fingers and nails. Well, and I have that in there, too, stuff. but it's yeah. not. that isn't the main thing I look at. I look at okay. um, when I shake somebody's hand, I get instantly, I know, but if it's on the computer, I can't touch them, you know, so I have to right. go by the lines. So um, I'm in a big fair, for instance, this weekend, and I'll probably do 20 people a day each day. And I can shake the person's hand, have them write their name down, and I'm sizing them up while they're doing that. Then when I look in the land, I have to sit across from them, so I have to read it upside down. You know, it's because it's backwards when the person's sitting across from you. And I can look in their love line, and I can look at all the different things that work. There's five basic lines. Everybody has a lifeline or you wouldn't be here. The love line Uh and the soulmate mark are different, but they're connected. The work line, reproduction, and the bracelets. So the soulmate mark is down by the wrist. It isn't a line. It's a shape of a pyramid or a round ball, and it's sort of right at the wrist touching your in your hand. So look Uh at your right-handed. Yeah. Are you right-handed? Look on your right hand. Yeah. Yeah. And you should see a little fork there because I already know you have it. And the little fork is what I call the symbol for the soulmate. And a soulmate okay. means you were here before on this planet. You you were somebody else and you came back. And this time yeah. you find 
somebody that you didn't get to complete something with and you finish it. Sometimes people are soulmates. They come together, complete what they came together to do, and then they break up. Or they go, I'm with my soulmate. Why am I so miserable? And they whisper that to me. And I say, because you have to finish what you didn't get finished. Yes. When you do a completion, then you can move away. And so some of that is predetermined. It's in your hand. It just is there. You can't change it. You just sometimes you never bump into a soulmate. That happens too. And you're, if I see the mark, I know they're supposed to. People and think so, the soulmate, yeah, like you said, they think it's going to be all roses and happiness. It's and not like soulmate. the movies. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, it I isn't know. like that. It's called work. <laughs> and what yeah, about couple. twin flame? It's even wor- It's even harder, right? That's what I've heard. Oh, but that's very rare. Yeah, I don't think I've yeah. ever even seen a twin flame, and I'm at 56,500 hands that I've read and documented. Uh-huh. Wow. And yeah. I've never so, once um, it, seen a um, twin flame. It does seem like we we come together to learn lessons. I mean, with, with my husband, he pushes all of my buttons till I go insane, and then I'm working on myself, so I'm clearing. I'm clearing out my, my you know, my right, pain but maybe my when path. you were here before, he was your mother, or you were the man and he was the woman. Yeah. It changes each time. And I everybody has memories. <laughs> well, we all yeah, we all have memory banks that are implanted in us from the past lives. However many you've been here, so I can count past lives on a hand, and I usually can tell somebody two or three different things they were in a past life. Okay, then, now um, where is that? You you mentioned uh, reproduction. I've had people, several people, look at my hand and say, "Oh, you're going to have two kids," but I never had okay. any, any kids. I okay, know, so. well, it takes two to make babies. You know that. So I'm going to show yeah. you where to look on your hand. Put your elbow uh-huh. of your right hand, your right elbow on your stomach. Throw your hand okay. out in front of your face and bend it up towards okay. your nose. Now look at the crack on your baby finger. That's closest to your uh-huh. hand, you know, where the yeah. finger. Now, boy lines stand straight up and girl lines lay down. Do you have any lines there? Uh, well, there's like, th- th- when I, yeah, there's like three different creases. Yeah, you have two four. Different creases, two no, different I can feel four. Creases. See, I feel it from just talking. To, I don't know how I do that. That's psychic, I think. But I feel that you had four that you could make. You could have had four children. So depending huh. on what. Your husband's hand shows on that same area. The male determines what the female is going to make. If you had all boys on your hand and he had all girls, you'd have girls. If you have a combination, and I've had, it, and I've had three husbands. I've had three husbands, and then I had too. one miscarriage, but but no children. So it just but didn't do you know do if that it, was a know, male or female child? Uh, it was at seven weeks. It was an inviable egg. So oh, then you can't tell. Okay. But, well, here's the thing. Yeah, your hand is showing, and I don't even have your hand in front of me. I'm looking at a picture of it, picture of uh-huh. you with a, just on your website. Um, okay. I think you have four possibilities, two boys and two girls. Oh, okay. That you could have done. Huh. So if you lost one, you have three others, eggs that yeah. you never used. I see. That, that okay. were a potential. Yeah. Right. Interesting. So sometimes so, uh, us, yeah. Uh-huh. Sometimes people never have a child and sometimes they have nine miscarriages. Yes. And you know, and we have I miscarriages we don't even know about. A lot of women we have these 
we, if we're pregnant, we don't even know it, and it and the egg no, is and not you go ow, so you can go ow, yeah. and you have a stick on the side, and that's an egg that dropped. It was the size of a pinpoint. Yep. Right. Okay. Now, um, all right. Let's see. I have some. I have. I have so many uh, uh, questions. So, oh, you also help couples who have uh, marital problems. Uh, you can have both the uh, couple come in. To you, uh, tell us a little bit about that. Well, what happens is if they sit down across from me at the table in my home, and I can actually see them, and they're sniping at each other, I have to put one in another room and do them individually. If they're getting along, it's okay, and they can hear each other's stuff. But there's a lot of private things that come out that some marriages right. aren't so open, and they don't share everything. And then the husband says, "You didn't tell me about that," and then they start yelling at each other. So I have to separate them. And then when I'm done, they usually walk out of here arm in arm. Oh. They're happy when they're, because I straighten them up. But I don't, I tell it like it is. I can't lie. So I have to tell yeah. what I see. And if it's not good, I can't help it. And I say, you know, change is really important. Maybe somebody around here needs to do some changing or some working on self, just like you said. Yeah. And so, um, then they admit, well, yeah, I'm a little selfish, or I'm a little bit self-centered, or I'm not paying attention to her. And that's, you know, that helps. That's why people come. A lot of times they have questions, and they want to know something, and they want me to get the answer for them. So I can show them. I don't tell them what to do. So what I tell people is I read poems with heart. I study, and I listen, and they talk to me, and I try to find the answer. But sometimes they have to get their own answer. So it's not like a magic right. potent, you know, this isn't, what I do is real, it's scientific. And um, doctors even use it. When they go to medical school, when I wrote the book uh-huh. on May I See Your Hand, I had to look that up. And it said right. in 1967 in America, every medical student has to spend one whole day learning palmistry. Oh, that's isn't phenomenal. That, so we know I'm... it's scientific then, it's not woo-woo. You know, right. some stuff Absolutely. might be, but this this is real. So, and uh, and then I tell, oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, go ahead. I just want to say I tell people I have a mission, and it's to guide them on the right path. Because some people get mixed up, or they get off the path, and they don't know what they want. Or some women, the average age of the women I get is forty to sixty, and they come in here and they go, I want something, I don't know what it is. Oh yeah, they know what it is. They want a partner, and they've been married twenty years or whatever it is with somebody who's not a partner, and they don't—they're afraid to let go of the security, or they're afraid to get out of the marriage, but they're not happy. Right. And then I get people who are young, and they go, "There's nobody out there. I'm 28 years old. What am I going to do? I'll be an old maid." And I go, "Well, here's your possibilities, but here's what you have to do." And they have to go new places, try new things. You know, there's ways to meet people. You have to be outgoing and fun. You can't be a stick in the mud. You can't stick at home. They're not going to knock on the door and say, "Hi, can you come out and play?" You know. So, question: The women that come to you who are you know, 40 to 60 or even older, and they are not happy in their current relationship. And I know that it's easy for other people to say, just leave. Why don't you leave? And there are many factors, fear, uh, kids, Well, um, they're afraid money, they can't support themselves. Yeah, yeah. Right, or just scared of it. So what what would come out of that if they came to you and well, said that? Well, I tell that? them what it's their choice. Their 
I tell them okay. it's their choice if they're going to make a change. Uh-huh. Have all your yeah. eggs in a row, you know, have everything planned yeah. out ahead before you go. And then you say to the man, we have to have a talk. Yeah. And anybody hears right. that freaks out. You know, you hear that yeah. and you go, oh, what? And so you say, I'm not happy, you're not happy, we're living like bro and sis in the same house. I want a relationship, I want the jazz back, I want the juice. There isn't anything right. exciting here. So either the guy changes right now on his own, or it's your yeah. choice to move out or move move forward. So right. I I tell people there's three C's, choice, change, and chance. And if you don't take a mm-hmm. chance, how are you going to know? So let's say a 50 or 60 year old woman might think, okay, well I'm not that happy. I've got I've I've got my desk in a row. I've got the money to get my own apartment, etc. But who's going to want me now? I'm 60. Guys always want seem to want younger well, women, or I probably won't meet somebody anyway. So what's the point? You know. Well, then that's a defeatist attitude. And instead of that, they should right. say, I'm worth it. I deserve a partner now. I'm a good person. Okay. I'm loving, giving, mm-hmm. and kind. I want the same. I want a like, not an opposite. They're unhappy. They're with an right. opposite. Yes. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. It's and, it's it's the work on ourselves and the and the self esteem. Well, the reason I wrote the book Soulmate Connections and I had the TV show with the same name was because mm-hmm. connections is the word. If you don't connect with somebody and hear the click in your head, there's no reason to be together. You know, you have to know. Right. Aha! I found home. This is where I belong. This is familiar because you already knew that person in a past life. Okay, See, that's so what a soulmate is. is. It means okay, you so had, you knew, you went through right. something with them. So okay, so question. So you say okay, so you you have your your partner. It clicks. You know that's home. But then at the same time, there could be a lot of conflict because. Um, of the past lives and the soulmate thing. Well, right, because grow. nothing's per- well, nothing's perfect in this world. Right. But the thing is, right. when it's the right one and you both know it, you're both going to work at it together. It's not just one person working at it. That's when marriages fail, when one works and works and works and the other one does nothing. Yeah. <laughs> See? Right. The the divorce rate is so high, I think people don't say, hey, what work yeah. can we do on ourselves? Let's just get out of <clears> it mm-hmm. too quick, I think. Yeah. Well, and some um, people don't have to be married because mentally you're married. You don't have to have mm-hmm. the little piece of paper and the ring paper. to start with. What you have to have is a commitment. And the other right. person putting you first and you put them first. I call it unconditional love. Ah, uh, yes. You know, now, you surrender to the life. I want to ask you about the lifeline. I've had people also look at my hand and say, oh, my God, you're going to live so long. Look, the lifeline goes all the way down. Uh, does that change over the years, or um, <clears throat> well, no, because it isn't your lifeline. It's a, it's your gene pool. It's from all the okay. people in your background that make you up. So it goes back centuries. <clears throat> so if you had relatives that all died at sixty, that doesn't mean you will, but your hand will show sixty. It means that that you came from people who didn't know how to eat right and didn't exercise and didn't pay attention. Yeah. So if somebody has one that goes to 90, it means they came from people whose stock, who their you know, background were people who really worked hard, but they knew to take care of their body. Okay, so that's not a determination of how long no. I will live if my life lies long. I no, it's okay. what your background is. 
Right, because anything can happen in life. People could get have get on you hooked could, on pain meds and then start taking or heroin. Or run over by die. a bus. <laughs> you could be run yeah. over. A plane wreck. It could exactly. be a lot of things. But So I can't see that. I can't say, oh, don't take the plane tomorrow because you're going to fall out when the plane crashes. I don't say things like that. No, no. See, because that and, would and be I know some the people gypsy will say, thing. When am I going to die in a reading? And you say, well, if we don't say that, that's not for us. No, I don't readers. tell them. I, I say I, I the, the gene pool you come from looks like this, and if you eat better mm-hmm. than they did, which we all do, because years ago people ate lard and they did stupid mm. things. They didn't even know you're supposed to have fruits and salad every day. And so, of right. course, they didn't make it that long. People during the time of Christ made it to 35. That yeah, was the but average I would age. think the food was better at the time of Christ. There's no GMOs. Everything's organic. No, it wasn't. But it they didn't even just... always have food, and they could. They had to catch uh-huh. it. They had to shoot uh-huh. it or trap it or catch it. Yeah. So they didn't have such good stuff. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, a soulmate to me is somebody. If I see the symbol on the hand, I know they're yeah. supposed to have one, or it's coming, or they already have it. And sometimes they already have it. And I say, so, oh, I see your husband really loves you. And they get all grinning at me, and they go, you're right. Oh. You see? And then there's other ones, and I say, it took you three tries. It took me three. And I finally found it. Yeah. And And then there's women who keep getting into abusive relationships, maybe getting beat up or getting, you know, or cheated on. And then they turn around and find the same thing all over again because that's what they think they're supposed, that's what their worth is to themselves. You have to be not conceited, but, you know, think you're worth a little bit, that you deserve better than that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So um, tell us where people can find you. Okay, so my website is very simple. It's it's www.mernalou, that's spelled M-Y-R-N-A-L-O-U.com. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And Myrna Lou is, I was named for Myrna Loy, who's a movie star. Oh, Used to yeah. be. And so my mother needed an M and an L, and that's where that came from. My mom's name is Donna Reed. Um, that's her, oh, her, you're kidding. Her maiden name. Yeah, and she's uh, uh-huh. just turned – well, she'll be 82, uh, I think, uh, in September. And she so she's ate the same large. generation. Yeah, she smokes. She still smokes a pack a day. She drinks. Ooh. She doesn't exercise, doesn't drink water. She doesn't eat good, and she's oh, so no. strong. So that yeah, but that's be, because her gene pool is the same as yours, yeah. and right. so you got it from both sides. You got her side of the family and your father's side all the way back. Yeah. And so even though she does all those things, it isn't going to stop her from going to 92 or whatever. Exactly. She's one of those ones you hear about, well, my grandmother lived to 100 drinking whiskey and smoking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. God bless her. She's a, she's a. She's something else. And people would still ask her for her autograph. They thought she was Donna Reed. She'd go to the airport, show her show her. Um, ID and they'd ask her for her and and she's like well she just pretends she was even though Donna Reed died in like 1986 yeah, the actress yeah. they, they people don't know they still think it's like my mom and then that's her real name too and, <laughs> yeah she'd say she just look at him and say it's a wonderful life like you know because that was the movie she was in yeah yeah uh, it's so fun all well, right I'm you guys, so, so, yeah, did you ever hear of Sylvia like Brown 
Uh, did you ever yeah. hear of Sylvia Brown? Well, I look a little bit like her, and I sound like her. And people at the airport, wherever I go, run up and want my autograph because they think I'm Sylvia. Oh, how So funny. I started yeah, carrying my book away. with my picture on it. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah. Uh, well, Myrna, this has been a, a delight. And, and you guys, I'm going to have um, Myrna Lou on my uh, YouTube show very soon, and we're going to analyze some poems. And I will keep you updated on that and go to her website and check out her books. And don't forget to leave the Mystical Matchmaker uh, a review. If you have the time, I would so appreciate it. Go to my website, you guys, MarlaMartinson.com, and get your free self-love guided meditation. And until next time, thanks, Myrna Lou, and bye, everybody. Much love. And thanks for having me. Bye-bye.